Welcome to episode 161 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. Following on the heels of my interview with Sue Edworthy, I wanted to have a conversation with someone who had really worked on building a relationship with an audience. And there really is no other company that I can think of than Eldritch Theatre who has a really strong connection with an audience. And it's interesting because it is an audience that is primarily not a theater-going audience. And so Eldritch has managed to do something pretty unusual and something that I think that we can all learn a little something from. So I wanted to bring in their social media uh, guru, their their media monster, as they call it, Adriana Prosser, to have a conversation about what that looks like and how you build an audience um, and how you maintain a relationship with an audience. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today and the importance of that. So if you feel like dropping me a line after you hear that, you want to ask questions, you want to have comments, uh, remember that you can find Stageworthy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod. You can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. And if you want to drop me a line, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Phil Rickaby. And my website is PhilRickaby.com. Next week, uh, during the, the holiday week, uh, there will not be an episode, but look for an episode the following week. So uh, be ready for that. And remember that if you do like the podcast, leave a comment or rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, or wherever you get your podcast, because your ratings and comments do help new people find the show. And here's my conversation with Adriana Prosser from Eldritch Theatre. That's, uh, yeah. I had a pretty much a 90% house rate. Fuck, what? For the whole fucking run. Really? Yeah. Really? That's amazing. And I had a handful of sellouts. So mm. out of 15 shows? Well, I mean, it, your weekends, like, like, your opening weekend was sold out. Mm-hmm. And your closing weekend was sold out. Mm-hmm. What was the middle Was it middle weekend? or? Uh, there was a, another sellout on, like, a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but that's pretty much, yeah, that's my handful. Right, because yeah. I had um, my—I should have just printed things off. Um, opening weekend, so mm-hmm. there's three, and then the la- on the weekend of mm-hmm. the last one, yeah, that's another three, and then I think I had another <clears throat> one that was like thirty-nine. Well, I actually had a couple thirty-nines. Wow. So, okay, yeah, so I had about six sellouts. Mm. So that's almost half. Wow, right? Because I had fifteen shows. Yeah, and six of them were sellouts. Um. The last show, we actually, because it was the last show, yeah. and it was Pay What You Can, mm-hmm. I crammed people in. Yeah, of course, like, yeah, yeah. So we got 44. <laughs> Just squeeze them in. And and we gave them the option, too, mm. right? Like, do you want standing room? Do you want obscured view? And it's Pay What You Can, so yeah. I mean, do you want to sit there for five bucks? Mm. And people were like, yeah, yeah, I do. Mm. All right, wow. So, I mean, just to, to, to jump in, because I'm really curious about... Um, Eldritch and the audience, um, because I think a lot of people don't don't even realize that that um, Eldritch Theater has a particularly uh, loyal audience, mm-hmm. um, and one that's made up of mostly not theater going people. <laughs> yeah, 
So, and I mean, this is like the, 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 that's the secret that I think that a lot of theaters would be like, what's your secret sauce? How do you <laughs> do that? So the question that is like, how do you do that, Adriana? <laughs> um, I think, first of all, it lies in the content. Mm-hmm. I mean, Eldritch is not what I would call muggle theater. <laughs> right. Right? It's not theater for muggles. Um, it is definitely theater for uh, <clears throat> Cthulhu supporters, um, horror, sci-fi, retro freaks and geeks, and, you know... People that may or may not really want to see something that is a stereotypical three-act denouement, everybody kisses and gets married. Yeah. You know, like, I I feel like, right in the name, Eldritch, right? Like, it's it's horror, it's, it's weird, it's creepy, there's an essence there that they... They bank on that it's going sure. to be at least one or all of those things. And our handle is Magic Horror Puppet all in one show. Yeah. And cult enthusiasts making art. And I think that because of all of these random wonderful ingredients, mm. people are drawn to that like like a moth to a flame. Like, what is that? Well, you often don't see genre on stage. Also true. You know, you don't you don't often see sci-fi or or horror on stage. Horror especially, I think, is pretty hard on stage. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, there's a certain certain amount of, of that. Because we know from film that the audience is there for genre. Mm-hmm. But they're just not... We're not given it in theater very often. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard <clears throat> to um, bring that concept and tropes to the stage because... In a lot of horror, it's a lot of, you know, you're alone in the dark Mm -hmm. and you yourself are, you know, transposing yourself into that protag who is alone in the dark. Mm -hmm. And you might be watching it alone in the dark in your house. But in a theater, you can look to your left, look to your right and see that there are gads of people Mm -hmm. in the dark with you. So it is really hard to to give that creep factor, that horror factor in that group setting, I think. Like, that's a challenge It's it's hard, but it's that. I mean, it's a challenge that I mean. Theater used to have, like, horror was the theater's medium yeah. in a certain point of time. You know, we don't think of it this way now, but, I mean, Bram Stoker's Dracula on mm-hmm. stage was terrifying Woman for in Black. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, horror has largely faded from theater with a few notable exceptions. Now, the show that Eldridge just did was sci-fi. Yeah, and Which, super camp. Oh, super camp. But I think that that's certainly a, a way to be able to use the limitations of theater mm-hmm. to the advantage of, like, sci-fi. So if we can see the wires, well, you could see the wires in, like, movies of the time, right? Well, and it was based off of um, serials from the 1930s, mm-hmm. so, like, Flash Gordon yeah. and mm-hmm. the, the pulp uh, magazines of like weird science and yeah. uh, sci-fi fantasy and mm-hmm. whatnot, and again, you know the pew pew ray guns, mm-hmm. and yeah, you can see the wires from the toilet paper, uh, you know, paper mache things that are flying through the air and whatnot. Yeah, um, and hair dryers as ray guns and mm-hmm. such, um, and and they, you know, Eric and and Dylan. Um, director and writer really leaned into the camp and really leaned into mm-hmm. the aesthetic of that. Yeah. And then the cast came on. Um, Lisa and Mari really understood what they were in. And yeah. that's also difficult, mm-hmm. right? Like it was kind of a nice lightning in a bottle effect where yeah. 
everybody was same paging of like just how ridiculous and fun this could be. Mm. Let's not take ourselves so seriously, but seriously enough to really dedicate ourselves to the camp and to the niche and mm-hmm. to the genre. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it just, it just kind of was like this brilliant equation of, wow, this is super fun. Mm. And <clears throat> I also know that uh, something that's out there that we all know, we can't ignore it, but nostalgia is mm. a really big selling feature yeah. these days. And it is. It's like I remember having these action figures. Mm-hmm. I remember Flash mm-hmm. Gordon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like even the even the remake from like there was the '30s and then there was the next one, right? In the '70s. Yes, yes, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah. So fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that there's some there's something there that we plugged into too mm-hmm. that was a happy accident. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much because Eric is smart like that. Um, and so there was a couple things that were helping us, like there was a wave of interest that people could automatically mm-hmm. uh, register. Yeah. Um, and I th- <clears throat> I know that that's where I leaned into in marketing was mm-hmm. really kind of keeping that camp and that branded tone of, you know, anybody anybody who posted on, on social media being like, I can't wait to see this or that they share it, that Eldritch then replied uh, thank you for flying with us, Commander So and So, and like you know, a space GIF or yeah. alien GIF, uh, rocket ships, and hopefully, if I could find them, some campy sci-fi like Flash Gordon mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. and I think that furthered the experience. And that's what I I enjoy for my role as a marketing monster mm-hmm. and producer is going beyond the stage. Yeah, and I think. That helps. Well, I mean, that's sort of like one of the interesting things. When I was talking with Sue Edworthy, I used the phrase getting bums in seats. And she was like, you need to stop Mm. using that phrase because – and she hates that phrase because bums in seats just assumes that I just need a person in that seat. Whereas success can only come by building a relationship Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. the audience. Mm -hmm. And that's something that Eldritch has done quite successfully. There's not just a social media connection – but there's the there's a mailing list and yes. um, the mailing list gives like discount there are codes, discount codes and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, freebies. <clears throat> so we also have a secret Facebook group, Secret Secret. <laughs> and I only share certain things uh-huh. with we don't call them subscribers. No. Uh, we call them the cabal, mm-hmm. the cabal of horror, yeah. which is like a gaggle of geese, mm-hmm. but only we are a gaggle of horror nerds and yeah. people who love Eldritch. Uh, and, and I, I am a firm believer in, in thanking people Mm -hmm. and, and speaking of that loyalty and trust and whatnot, like the, the idea of you have, you've given me access to your inbox. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take advantage of that. I don't want to waste your time. And you, you asked for Eldritch stuff, so I will give it to you. Um, and, and also that if you are going to to be with us. And like you're saying, more than just bums and seats, these are people who, you know, uh, regularly speak on their social media, not in just like art, like retweets and mm. like likes, but they will put out full paragraphs and full reviews of our shows, mm. uh, and, and really spread that love. Yeah. And, and they are what the industry calls brand ambassadors, yeah. right? Like they become brand ev- <coughs> evangelists, evangelists, evangelists. Evangelist, yeah. And, and I want to reward that because that's something that we didn't ask them to do. And they do that because they love us and we mm. love them back. It yeah. is reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always want to be sure showing that love because without them we're nothing yeah we're just some weirdos that are in a room in costumes speaking the speak and mm-hmm. if nobody's there to watch us it doesn't matter yeah so spreading that love and thanking them and making it almost like this lovely family mm-hmm. is really what 
I'm all about mm-hmm. and what really draw me to working with Eldritch in the first place. Yeah. When, when now you, you, the, the Cabal of Horror, the, the, the mailing list, um, Eldritch does basically one show a year. Essentially, you know, yeah, we do have a second one now per year because okay. of a partnership with uh Colburn Lodge. Lodge. Yes, yeah, we now have a, an annual seance mm-hmm. uh, with Dr. Pretorius Weathergloom in, mm-hmm. in uh, the coach house. Uh, so for the past two years, mm-hmm. uh, we've been having the two shows, mm-hmm. and uh, and and the cabal is always told. I actually this year mm-hmm. uh, made uh, a little uh, a little deal with uh, the marketing through. Colburn Lodge to hold off public sales of mm-hmm. tickets and that the cabal would have 48 hours before it goes okay. public because mm-hmm. it always sells out mm-hmm. but I gotta give my love back to the cabal. Sure. The question that I have is, you know, you've got this, so maybe there's there's two shows, but it's in like, the, you've got the October November it's thing true. going on usually. Yeah, yeah. I think a mistake that some other theater groups make is they only communicate with the audience when they have something coming up. Mm. Your relationship with the audience for Eldritch, and because it's a it's it is a relationship, are you keeping the the mailing list going throughout the year? I definitely talk more when there is a show mm-hmm. because there are time sensitive things. Sure. So, uh, as a member of the Cabal, you will always have uh, a discounted rate throughout the show mm-hmm. uh, because you are a subscriber. You will always get that uh, preferred treatment, mm-hmm. uh, but. Like, uh, we fell on Black Friday and uh, Cyber Monday this year. And so I had public cl- public codes as well. So mm-hmm. I wanted them to know that if there was a bigger, better deal, I wanted to let them know as well, mm-hmm. on top of the thing that they always have uh, in their pocket for secret discounts. Um, so I was talking a little bit more. Plus, uh, the show opens, and I don't have reviews just yet. Yeah, but I yeah. want to remind that, okay, the public is going to mm-hmm. start to know about this because we have listings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the reviews come in. And then we have beautiful photos that come in. And then I cut a video that I want them to see. Um, and, and so, like, it just the, – the conversation needs to keep going a little bit more mm-hmm. around uh, the shows. But it's true. I don't want dialogue to stop. No. So – um, I like doing uh, things like Throwback Thursdays to older shows because they've been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also like sharing things that are Eldritchian mm-hmm. and specifically Lovecraft or horror genre specific. Um, also, we we once we bring somebody on, they become company members. They become a part of our family. So if one of our family members one of the Eldritch family are doing something, mm-hmm. I like to shout them out and yeah. let them know that, you know, this person has a friend show or this person's in a movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Cause again, like we, we've got to spread that love. Yeah. Um, and also if something ridiculous is happening, like I know that uh, I don't know when, when this episode is airing, but there's uh, this zombie musical that even you told me about. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, I know that Eldritch would be kind of cool with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, let's let them know that that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also if I find some cool things that uh, come across my desk uh, or get thrown in my lap and I'm like, you know what, um, Eldritch, they would they would really like this beautiful crow painting. Mm-hmm. Why don't I do a contest? Let's talk about what our favorite um, holiday gift is going to be this year. Like, mm-hmm. What are you going to stuff in your stocking? You know, and, and it becomes a dialogue. Uh, and I will reward that. I mm-hmm. will reward engagement and and uh, contact through the Eldritch family and, and the Cabal with stuff. Mm. Because I, yeah, I want to keep spreading that love around. Nice. Nice. I mean, there are, 
the 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 audience existed before you joined this uh, is true. Eldridge. Um, it was an audience that was drawn in by the the genre mm-hmm. and the the history of work. Um, how did you build on the audience that was already there? What did you do when you started working with Eldritch to better connect with? Oh, uh, you want to know my secret sauce? I don't want to know all this. I mean, obviously, <laughs> we can't know all the secrets, but I mean, what is there like one or two things that you can say that you that you did to further the connection? I think uh, playing with who's speaking to the cabal and speaking to the audience. Um, I know that sometimes we get Dr. Pretorius Weathergloom to write the newsletter or write Mm -hmm. some posts, and that can be really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I do make it very specific when my voice box, like as Adriana the Marketing Mm -hmm. Monster, is talking to you. It's a very different tone and a very different uh, language uh, diction that I use. So Mm -hmm. I think that can be kind of fun. We really get into uh, how fun and campy, like how far we take things. Um, So for Brimstone, everything was like in this like ye old Western drawl. Yeah, yeah. Right? And like, you know, we would say things like, I don't know, at the end of your barrel, blah, blah, blah. Right? Like kind of fun stuff, like Mm -hmm. period specific. And then again, with space opera, it was period specific. Yeah. And like very much like the news is just in. The pay what you can is now available. And like, you know, like you would do it. In such a fun way, because like if you're not having fun, mm-hmm. then what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and if and ninety nine percent of the time, if if I think something's fun, like if I get a kick out of it, and I make myself laugh, then I believe that somebody else is going to snicker on the mm-hmm. other side of it. Yeah. So that's really how I make my content. Is if if I find it engaging, mm-hmm. most likely somebody else will too. And likewise, if I find it boring and or just born out of necessity. Mm-hmm then yeah, it's not going to get that much of an engagement. Yeah. Um, so it really goes through my filter. And that that's a big that's a big trust thing that that Eric has given me um, as artistic director, that, mm. that I have this, is the word autonomy, mm-hmm. um, to to really be a voice box and, and filter for Eldritch content. Mm-hmm. Um, so stuff like that. And I think, again, like how we were just talking about the thank you and the pay it forward stuff, I think, I think there is not enough... There's not enough weight placed on stewardship and loyalty. No, that's true. And it's always about new audience, new, 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 right? And like the yeah. acquiring, like always like raising your, uh, like the bums and seats yeah. thing that I think that is absolutely a necessary metric for people to, to focus on because you want to keep telling people because it is sad that not everybody knows mm-hmm. who Eldridge Theatre is. I think that is sad because I think they're great and I think you would have a really fun time, but I don't ever want the people who have already invested, keep coming back, um, always are supporting our shows to feel like they're not loved because they are. Mm -hmm. And there should be an amount of of energy and and budget Mm -hmm. spent on the people who have been in the trenches with you. Yeah. Right. And have seen you, you know, put a light bulb on the stage as like a strobe or, or a, mm-hmm. uh, a spotlight. Right. And seeing you go through the, okay, we have $20 to put on this show, you know, and now we have more of a budget. Yeah. So not much. Everybody give us more money. Um, <laughs> but in the sense of that, they've been there and they keep watching us grow yeah. and they want to see us grow. Yeah. And I think that, 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 should be that flame should be fanned and you should be appreciative of that mm-hmm. and that is a big part of my secret sauce well i think that a lot of like a lot of times um <clears throat> you know, theaters will will say um you know here's our hashtag mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know tweet about it 
But if you do, they don't thank you. Yeah. And so you're like, I did the thing you asked me to do. The least you could do is thank me. Which is why I wanted to do the thanks for flying with us. Absolutely. Right? And I kept it in brand and like, I just wanted to make them smile. I honestly... I found the responses, like when I got a response, I was like, and that's why I like Eldritch because <laughs> you get the, you know, it makes you feel like you are connected with it in Good. a way that you might not be with some, with some other theaters or things, right? Well, and that's the thing is like, I want you to feel value because you've given mm. us value. You've yeah. given us your time and money, right? That's yeah. a huge thing. There's mm-hmm. so many things that you could spend your time and money on, but you decided to spend your time and money on a crazy zany night with like power lesbians and space princesses mm-hmm. and a crazy mad scientist. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. And it's always like, how can I do that? Yeah. And that, that putting a smile on your face is just one of those ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Now you, of course, um, as a social media person have worked with a few other companies in I addition have. to Eldritch. Um, can you, when you're coming into another company and you're talking about how you're going to, you know, work with them on the social media aspect, are there things that you're doing differently from Eldritch or do you oh, basically yeah. come in with the same sort of like, I need to connect with the audience or what? what's your, well, like, how are you coming into those? Yes and no. So um, a part of my secret sauce is using something called a digital engagement framework. Mm-hmm. And it's from the UK. It's from uh, from Museum Next, I believe, uh, Jasper and I beg your pardon, the other fellow's name. Um, and that they made this thing where it's really a skeleton of how you can attack uh, a, a, an engagement online. It's like a digital strategy breakdown. Mm-hmm. And typically, because they work in museums, it also works for exhibits, it works for theater, mm-hmm. it works for festivals mm. because it's experience-driven. Mm. And that's really where I start. Mm. And you look at things like, what assets do I have? Which is a $10 word for what do I do right? What yeah. do I already have? Mm. Reach is, well, how do I find my, my audience? Yeah. Like, where am I already finding them and where could I? Um, because a lot of the time, we we have a lot of what's called traditional media. Like, let's buy an ad in a paper. Let's, um, you know, put in a Google banner ad or something like this. Or let's do a boosted post on mm. Facebook. Um, and those are the so-called new neo-traditional way, right? Sure. Buying ad space. Um, but but then it's also like, but where is your audience? Like, like think of, and the, like, this is all industry mm. kind of terms where it's like, what is the customer profile? What is your customer persona? And when I think of, um, when I think of Eldritch, I think of people like how we just said, like people who like horror, yeah. people who like puppets, um, you know, they, they probably um, buy, uh, I don't know, like Nightmare Before Christmas DVDs or whatever mm. like this. Like mm-hmm. you can kind of like start to build a profile for them of like where they shop, what they do, how they maneuver. Um, and that's creating a, a, a customer persona. And then you just kind of have to start to think like them or do some searches as to where they hang out on the interwebs. Yeah. Because um, I'll let you know that in 2016, when I came on, we were doing Brimstone McCready. Yeah. And I basically just kind of said, okay, Eldritch, how do you do this? And we just kind of worked in um, a little bit of, of what I was thinking, because I was still learning and growing, and I didn't take as many risks with Brimstone um, as I did with Space Opera mm-hmm. Zero. Uh, and so... 
a lot of the framework for Brimstone was quite traditional. We spent, um, I think, about 50% of our budget on posters mm-hmm. and flyers. Mm-hmm. And um, you can actually see my breakdown on my LinkedIn. Uh, I put out the study of how my ticket sales went, and only 5% of my audience was from posters. And so this time around, I only spent 5% of my budget mm. on posters. Mm. Because you look at your your data, and that's the other part of all of this, is through a business uh, through a business mind, you have to look, and that's something that's long game. You have to look at your stats, and you have to listen to them and listen to your audience yeah. um, through their spending habits and the fact that, okay, well, if I spent X amount of money, but I only got you know, $5 back, then maybe I should only be spending about $5 mm-hmm. or at least understand that that return is going to be there. Yeah. This is all boring talk for, we made a lot better sales and a lot, uh, like a better business choice based on my findings. And I get to keep my job <laughs> <laughs> because I have these stats to, to prove. Mm. And so, um, I actually, uh, doubled money and attendance from 2016 to 2018 mm-hmm. because in 2017 it was a workshop year so mm-hmm. we only did the seance yeah. which also sold out um, but it wasn't what I would call a, a pure mm-hmm. Eldritch right because we also had the people who always regularly buy for that yeah. event uh, that we collaborated with so I think in my most humblest of brags um, that it was it was a really good move mm-hmm. to listen to the data. And I know that that can seem really intimidating to people who may be doing um, this on a tight budget or that they're indie theater and they don't necessarily know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of free information throughout all of your social media platforms, like Facebook Insights. Yeah. Instagram is uh, just about to update uh, their analytics as well. But mm-hmm. you can uh, put it into business mode and through your mobile device, you can actually still get at least a little bit of stats. Sure. Twitter is quite deep. Can we can we can we back up a little bit sure, because sure. there's people who who you know, we're talking about stats and things like that and they're like, "I'm not even sure what I'm doing with social media." <laughs> um which, you know, and and which is fine. I mean, a lot we're all, you know, we're posting It's a wild west out sure. there. There's I just want to say that there are things that you can do. Facebook has mm-hmm. um their own engage like their own sort of Courses that you can take. Yeah, and for free. Facebook, for free. Facebook Blueprint. Everybody, yeah. please get in there. Facebook Blueprint. And if you want to get certified, you can pay, but you can learn it all for free. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and free is an important word in theater, especially indie theater. Yeah. Um, for those who are thinking in terms of traditional paper media, flyers, um, posters, mm-hmm. What is it like when you say that you found out that only five percent of your 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 ticket sales came from posters? How did you figure out that only five percent came from posters? Mandatory ticket questionnaire for you to get your tickets. You mm-hmm. have to answer this question. Now, to be fair, I love people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I love them when they buy my tickets, mm-hmm. and I love them when they answer this question. About half of them will answer it because they understand that a mandatory, like this mandatory field in the internet, if yep. you press space bar, mm-hmm. you've filled the field. Okay. Right? So you don't have to necessarily actually put alpha mm-hmm. alphanumeric, right, to sure. get through it. So half the time I don't know. So this is built off of who actually answers me. And Can I then, ask you a question about your survey? Sure, yeah. Are you leaving it open or are you like using a multiple choice? I am leaving it open, which again... 
I think I might have to change as because a, as here's a survey a story. person, as a survey person, person who works in surveys and works in in, in event, never do that because you can't quantify that. You can't quantify. So it's interesting because you're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right because this year um, I left it open to just whatever uh, you wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it needs to be radio bullet points mm-hmm. because. I love you, Eldritch fans. You make me smile, but you don't help me with my data because your answers, while they're hilarious when you say, uh, Cthulhu told me in a dream, <laughs> it's not quantifiable. No, no. <laughs> so so some of that is, is right? Like, I have to scale that against sure. how many people answered. Um, and, and that's what I did. So in that 2016 finding, I did word of mouth, which mm-hmm. is also quite vague. Yes. Because that can mean you heard from someone or they just didn't want to type out the fact that they, they saw it in a magazine or that they forgot that they saw it in a magazine mm-hmm. and they just kind of knew. Yeah. So that's also kind of a thing. So all of this is with a grain of salt. Um, but it's always a really good idea that if you're doing online ticketing, mm-hmm. you put in a mandatory questionnaire and exit sure. s- survey or follow up with your MailChimp, mm-hmm. your newsletter, um, or survey monkey mm-hmm. to be like, Hey, how did, how did that go for you? Like, can you answer this? And don't do a lot of questions no. because you don't want that scrolling fatigue. It's a thing where people are like, Oh, how long is this? Um, and I like to give an incentive. In fact, I'm working on an incentive right now that I wouldn't mind all of those private reviews and private posts that people are putting on their their um, their Facebook mm-hmm. and their Twitter that I see because um, they tagged us. It doesn't live forever on our website or on our Facebook mm-hmm. page. It just kind of goes away, right? Um, because it gets refreshed. So I'm going to do an incentive where anybody who reviews us up until you know, a set date. I still have to set that date, but I'm looking at January 1st, 2019. All of those people will be automatically entered uh, to win an Eldritch prize pack, Mm. which I am working on right now because I want there to be an incentive for you spending again your time um, with, with something that, you know, might be worth your time. Yeah. Um, So things like that, where it's not also... You might, you, you know, it depends on your ask and where you put it. I feel mm-hmm. like the questionnaire is an easy ask because you're already going through that. Yeah. I would say that, that generally the questionnaire, as long as I would say that you might get a better return if you're using radio buttons. It's true. Because then people don't have to take the time to Please learn to from type. my mistake. Um, as much as I love Cthulhu telling you in a dream. But I, I also, because of that, that tells me leave out other. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I have, this is something that you will, <clears throat> you also have to put in not room for necessarily failure but yeah. things like this where it's it's a learning curve oh, you sure. might not have pure data or like an yeah. absolute reason to do anything like it's a lot of this is wild west you just mm-hmm. have to go with the hunch you have to go with the algorithm you have to go with you know okay so everybody's liking my videos but they're not liking these beautiful posts of pictures that i've yeah. been editing well you're gonna have to suck it up princess and yeah. do more videos yeah or whatever, right? Did so, you find that the video got up? I mean, just I mean, you threw that out that example. Did you find that video performed better than image? Uh, not necessarily, but I do know that uh, Facebook favors organic video posts, so not things that you link to, but that you upload to mm. Facebook and then share. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that uh, this year with a fifteen second. Um, video of Lisa Norton playing Emily Trueheart with her her little magnifying glass yeah. uh, for our very final promo code. It was uh, for Cyber Monday. Yeah. And I, I did it for five days. And I think we got a pretty good return. Um, I know that people use the code. Mm-hmm. 
and um, and because it was organic and we uploaded it organically to Instagram and Facebook, it got a lot of nice plays. Mm. So there's also that too is like possibly doing a little bit of you know Facebook Blueprint or Emma. Emma's mm. a good place to learn things for free as well. Yeah. Um, to just kind of if you're going to start to do this type of marketing where it's more about your time than your money. Yeah. And I know that that's something <clears throat> that indie theater um, prizes yeah. that. With a $20 spend, I got a really great return. Yeah. But I needed to do a little bit of homework to make sure that I was going to be spending my money dollars the best way possible. Now, that $20 spend, was that on boosting the post or was that on... Yes, uh, boosting the post to a target audience. Usually, um, you can be very lazy with these settings in Facebook. You can say, people who like my page and their friends. Yeah. And that's usually a safe bet because you um, after uh, 200 likes on Facebook... People are not going to be seeing all of your posts because it just gets fed into the robots and and you're not your your audience will not see all of your posts unless you pay for it. Right. So even just that to make sure that it gets in everybody's feed that you know actually likes you, yeah, is a good start. And then you can start, you know, doing your homework and getting a little bit more nitty-gritty by doing target audience, which sure. is a whole nother kettle of fish. Yeah, totally. I mean I've done I've done some some advertising for, for Stageworthy mm-hmm. and um, I was trying to get people who maybe had not heard of Stageworthy. So I didn't use people who, I didn't use people who like my page and their friends. I went for specific targets mm-hmm. of like people who who like theater, like yeah. Broadway, like this sort of thing, just to try to get outside of that. Um, and I, I think there was some success to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, it's the it's the thing that, that social media gives you as an advertising tool that just throwing posters up in your cafe does not. Yes, exactly. And, and, this is where I think we're living in a very exciting time where I can see my returns. Like I can see impressions versus engagement, um, which is, you know, I, how many eyes saw it, but how many people actually clicked on it or mm-hmm. liked it or commented yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there's a different way to really look at those success measures um, rather than, you know, uh, a newspaper is telling me that they have so many subscribers. Well, but how many, so like, my my review or my ad is 15 pages in. Can you tell me that they read that far? No. You can just tell me yeah. that how many issues were sold. It also, because it doesn't tell you, it does not, like, if you put it in the newspaper, like, I might not even be, I might flip past that page. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I might, maybe I'm not paying attention to advertisements on that page. <clears throat> I, to be honest, I used to think, oh, there's no way that advertising on Facebook or Instagram works. So does. However, <laughs> recently I've found myself buying things that were advertised to me on Facebook mm-hmm. and, and and Instagram. Which and suddenly I was like, oh, they just had to show this to me more than once. Yeah. Yeah. Once I scrolled by and it was gone, but then I saw it the second time and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And maybe I clicked on it or things like that. Like it repetition works Mm -hmm. and targeting it because obviously I'm predisposed to like whatever it was that they they showed me. Well, that's the thing, right? Like stage worthy is good for people who like theater. Yeah. So they'll show it to people who like theater. Yeah. And, and that's an amazing feat of technology. It seems so simple, Mm -hmm. but the fact that the robots in your computer are like, Hey, 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 Phil likes theater. Yeah. Let's show him this because it will make him the happy. Sure. It's it's fascinating to me. It's the kind of thing that because you know what, there there are still there are theaters that are able to successfully do and of course they have a lot of money, Marvish. Um, you know, they put their 
they do a wrap on the streetcar. Top or they of do, mind yeah, targeting. Right? Yeah, top of mind is a huge budget. Like that sure. is like a lot of the dollars. But that's a wide net. Mm-hmm. That's like because you don't actually know who's seeing it. Same thing as like putting those flags on the street yep. on on the streetlights and things like that. You have no. All you're doing is covering space, and yeah. you will never know how many people actually saw it. Whereas online, like you said, twenty dollars. You could boost a post or and I know exactly stuff, yeah. what's happening. Yeah, top of mind is is very very big budget because it is it's it's something that is in your face and like you said repetition sells. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're banking on is yeah. that it doesn't matter how many people see it, it's just how many times they see it. Yes. Like they yeah, want yeah, yeah. buy that that thing or they see that streetcar every day. Um, but again, with it with indie theater and with uh, limited budgets, like say people going into the Fringe and this is their first show ever. A $20 spend might be all you have. And so to do a targeted ad and like to actually find those people through keywords and to know that 20,000 mm-hmm. people saw it within the GTA can feel good. Yeah. Right? That you actually made sense of your budget. It's interesting to think about, you know, I've, I've been involved in Fringe shows and peripheral to Fringe for many years before there was a Facebook and all that sort of stuff. And how posters... You had, to, you had to get your posters out. You had to get your your, your 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 flyers out. You know, you had to get those. I still think that flyers are important for Fringe. Well, that's a different culture yes. too. But also, I do think that like I have never bought for even my Fringe tour. I never had more than twenty five posters printed because hmm. um, I knew the areas. I knew that I would put up a few. Yeah. But that the value would come from talking to people. Absolutely. And. And that's the culture difference of the fringe, right? Yes. The festival setting. Sure. And that's, again, just a little bit of homework will tell mm-hmm. you, I don't need to spend this money on on posters. Mm-hmm. What I need to do is I need to spend the money on me being there. Yeah. I need to, I need to have the time. I need to take the time to be there and I need to have a thing that I can give people. Yeah. Um, also, that I know people who, like, even when they were doing, having a rough time at a fringe, boosting a post that they'd made about their show. Um, even though they were from out of out of town, mm-hmm. still helps them sell some tickets that they wouldn't have sold anyway. Yeah, because they can just hit you know Toronto plus five miles, yeah. or they can just say anything that's like Toronto, like the M four mm-hmm. postal code and stuff like this. Like yeah. you can get quite specific, mm-hmm. and that can help people who are like, I I don't know where the hot spots are here. I'm from Edmonton. Yeah. Right, like that, they don't know to hang out at the patio mm-hmm. or you know the the fringe hub, yeah, um, and and or that they might not have come with a lot of people to lean on to do a lot of that canvassing, and that they yeah. too are getting like, you know, theater burnout from doing the shows and then having to go and like shill their show. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. So a target ad can be your friend for oh, twenty sure. bucks. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that we don't. A lot of people are not thinking about that. It's kind of cheap to advertise on, on, on Facebook and Instagram, right? It Absolutely. doesn't cost a lot. Yeah. Uh, knowing that uh, an A4, so something that's like maybe around the size of your hand mm-hmm. is about $2,000 uh, in major news mm-hmm. uh, newspapers can be very intimidating. Yeah. Can you even yeah. imagine how much one of those wraps are nope. for exactly my firstborn? Yeah. Um, and so doing a targeted ad and, and at least getting some more eyes on it in a way that you can't just knock on all these people's doors like they used to yeah. um, and like canvas or, or do any kind of mail out because that's another thing too. It's like yeah. how much would you spend on a mail out just for somebody to put in the recycling? Yeah. 
right? The scroll is such a much easier way to uh, to get people and much more environmentally friendly. And I think that it can't be the 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 fact that like if you run your ad and somebody falls within your demographic, they're likely going to see that ad a few times mm-hmm. in a way that um, they might they won't if you send them a, a flyer in the mail or something like that. Like, yeah. Like I said, I've bought things because they showed it to me three times. Absolutely. You know, like, and, but there's also something to be said about um, not using the same image over and over again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I, I, I challenged myself this time around uh, to take more photos. So the, the photos that you see for Space Opera Zero is my, myself, um, for better or worse. <laughs> and that way I had a lot of ammunition for social media so that I wasn't always doubling up mm-hmm. when I was on Facebook to Instagram to Twitter that I tried to really make a mix of it but also like you're saying repetition so I had some key images the ones that I have in my media kit on the website mm-hmm. in a high res file so that if the media is there they can just right click and have yeah. you know a 300 pixel yeah. DPI whatever um, and then you know my low res stuff that are just going to go out to Twitter and Instagram because I want people to see different uh, different sides to the show, yeah. right? Question for you. Did you, and this is, this might be for people who are like, I don't even know what they're talking about already, but they <laughs> Sorry, might be a little yes. more confused. Were you doing like an AB split for those or did you like run concurrent ads? Did you run one ad for one week and one ad for another week? Because of my relationship with the Cabal, mm-hmm. with Eldritch um, content, I didn't feel like I needed to do A-B testing. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for listeners, A-B testing is basically running the same key messaging, a.k.a. come see the show, with um, maybe different language. So like um, if you're targeting... Um, people who would really be there because they like Flash Gordon. So I'm going to use like a really Flash Gordon image and use like um, that kind of lingo. Mm -hmm. And then in a B, like that was the A image and the A copy, meaning the text. And then the B image is, you know, maybe a puppet. And it's really about selling the puppet. Mm -hmm. Um, I found that because of the way that uh, targeting works on social, um, the split wasn't going to serve me. um, And that I really... I really just stuck to my guns of of the whole the whole thing being mm-hmm. one big campy ridiculousness. Yeah. Um I I wouldn't mind trying a little bit more in the future. Um but with my assets and knowing my audience, mm-hmm. I feel like I just really leaned into it yeah. and and that risk paid off because I had a 90% house sellout yeah. and and uh, about six actual sold out nights out of 15 show mm. run. So I feel like yeah. I made a good call. Um, like just to just just to be specific, were you running like one ad uh, in, in a week or did you run concurrent ads? I want I ran different ads each week. Okay. So each so opening weekend had its own. Yes. And then okay. once reviews came in, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I, I leveraged those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Different, different, different. Just want to get like. The specifics of uh, of that for the people who are like like this. I mean, and, and the thing is, like, you're doing a show, you're indie theater at the Red Sandcastle, mm-hmm. and you sold out ninety percent of your shows. Absolutely, no, no, they you were ninety percent percent sold full. out. Sorry, yes, ninety percent of the house was full. Was full. So mm-hmm. I had six sellouts. Yes, but out of forty. The lowest house that I had was thirty two. Okay, but they were usually higher than that. So right. like the the average house was ninety was ninety percent full. full. Okay, yeah. 
Which is that's good. It's pretty. That's pretty fucking good. good. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. No, you should not lie. I go to bed with a smile on my face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, given the the the. I mean, it is a feat for um, an indie theater company to, to sell out like that, I think. Um, that said, um, ha, did, was that, how did that compare with previous Eldritch shows, did, like, in terms of the sellouts? Like, for, for Brimstone, was Brimstone 90% sold? sold no. Or no? Okay. no. He, he did all right. That yeah. was my first uh, kick at the can. Um, but no, not, not those stats. Mm. Um, I sold... So uh, there was about uh, 400-odd mm-hmm. uh, seats sold for Brimstone, mm-hmm. uh, but they had, it was a 50, I think it was a 50-55 house because it was a different um, way that it was set up mm-hmm. for seat-wise for the house. Um, and so, I mean, we, we all can just kind of give a little nod to the fact that I had less seats and it's easier to sell out a smaller sure. house. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um and uh, so this time around, I sold close to 600 seats okay. and uh, and doubled the revenue. Mm. So there was less papering, less um, uh, the terminology of to paper the house. So to give away comps so that yeah. that you can get more word of mouth going. Um, it, it actually turned out that the people who I papered two years ago were all too ready and too happy to buy tickets this time around. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. again, I... I'm so in love with our supporters mm-hmm. and I'm very thankful that they yeah. wanted to come back for another ride. Mm-hmm. Um, now, having a number of shows that were sold out, especially on the weekends, and having people who are very dedicated to to seeing Eldritch shows, were there instances of people um, reacting poorly to the discovery that the show was sold out? I had to set up a barricade. Uh, so if you're familiar with the red sand castle there is this really huge heavy wooden Mm a-frame that you can write with chalk on and i only in the very last day realized that i could use this as a barricade because people were showing up late Mm -hmm. um and just like an airplane (laughs) theater needs to be treated like an airplane Mm -hmm. where you have a boarding opportunity between doors open and curtain Mm -hmm. when the show is at eight it doesn't mean you come for eight it means you're in your seat by eight yeah yeah Yeah. and i don't don't know if it's because our um uh, that some of the people who come to see it like you made mention at the beginning they're not stereotypical theater goers that they might not know that um, but I try to communicate that on the ticketing website and mm-hmm. on our website um, that at around 8.17 or any time after 8 o'clock, we would actually have people swearing <laughs> because you could hear them um, and or pounding on the doors mm. asking for to be let in. Meanwhile, I have um, a sign on the door that says latecomers are not uh, yeah. permitted mm-hmm. and that there is a show in progress. Basically saying, you know, please be quiet. Mm. Um, that did not stop people from being irate, which I can understand. You paid for a thing. It's also in the winter time, so it might be very difficult to get there. Um, but I apologize that um, because of the rules of theater, we are a, a group of people that have all agreed to be in this place at eight o'clock for this thing to start. Yeah. And so for the forty odd people that are here already, you know, I'm not going to wait seventeen minutes no. for you to get here. It's also, I mean. Having in a space like the Red Sandcastle or a smaller indie theater, mm-hmm. somebody coming in late, you that's, can't. Yeah, that's it's not like when people come in late, 
during like a big show at a big Mervis show. Yeah, or something. there's two thousand like, seats at the Elgin yeah. or whatever. You can kind of sneak in in the back. Yeah, but at the Sandcastle, we're on Queen Street. It's loud. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cold, and it's yeah. an intimate space. It's going to be disruptive. And as, as soon well, as that door opens and somebody comes in, it everybody notices, and they're all yeah. going to look. And yeah. the mystique is gone. Yeah. Um, and then again on Sundays, it's light outside. Yeah. So you're yeah, letting yeah. in the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're supposed to be, you know, on planet. Ooh, yes, and, yes, and it's yeah. supposed to be dark and cosmos. Mm. So yeah. it's it's not that I don't want you to see it. I absolutely do, but. I also have an agreement with the people who are already here that I'm going to give them an exceptional experience. Yeah. Uh, so setting up setting up the A-frame like a barricade on the last night, I might I might have to do that with a with a very polite sign saying, mm-hmm. you know, the shuttle has launched. Yeah. You know, um, because again, it's it it is about the whole experience, and that I yeah. think would would take away from it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, favorite part of this particular show oh and perf- so in in like. Was there a particular um, thing that happened on social media or a particular ad that you're quite that you're most proud of? Like, what was oh God, what's so your favorite favorites. thing? There's yeah. so many favorites. Um, I mean, just the show in itself. The fact that there's something called the coitus song. Um, <laughs> but there was actually something that would always make me giggle um, is that there was uh, tracks of the Yargalek these types of aliens mm-hmm. and it was Eric Wolf just going yeah, 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 and it just yeah. made me laugh every single <laughs> freaking time and he's not even on stage doing it it's a, like it's a track where yeah, she's okay. like oh the aliens are coming and it's just him going it's so ridiculous and I love it and that's exactly like in a summary of just how wonderful Eldritch can be I would just say that like having been in the audience and um, just really from the first, from the video at the beginning to the end, just like smiling the whole way through, Amazing. which was is is I think one of the highest compliments I can give for a show like this. That's very yeah. kind. And yeah. what's really nice is that um, because we're like this lovely indie uh, theater, I was actually given the opportunity to make the opening credits, mm-hmm. which you can see on yeah. our YouTube. And it's and it's all from our love of like the homage that we're trying to give yeah, yeah, with yeah. Flash Gordon. I actually tracked down the um, the text font files to be actual Flash Gordon 1930s serial, um, and then uh, the comic book pulp art of the weird fantasy. I got that font. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We actually ripped some actual 1930s footage of like the hilarious uh, paper mache mm-hmm. uh, space things and everything, and so. Um, and then our sound designer actually made like an homage uh, soundscape to it. And, and I filmed the actors in that really cheesy way that they like reveal with like when those star wipes. Yes. And stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just really fun to be a part of the creative process, mm-hmm. too. And I think that that's something that um, indie theater, uh, it, it's really fun that you can lean into how silly your budget can be and yeah. just how all of you can be involved in that creative. And that that was a very favorite part, too, that that I was allowed to not just, you know, make ads ad buys and, mm. and hashtags but to also be a part of like the staged uh, yeah. thing and in so much as well one of my favorite parts is that the stage manager sandy becker actually puts a space hat on that lights up and she has a nerf gun and she assaults planet oog um in the name of of gus which is an in joke but the aliens mm-hmm. um and that she, too, is a part of the creative process. Meanwhile, you know, stage managers are sometimes, you know, isolated from that yes, creative yeah, process yeah. to just press buttons in the booth and you never really see them, mm-hmm. right? Like their nickname is God because you never yeah. see them. 
And that's kind of a gift too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, yeah. I think that as as indie theater, I think sometimes we're ashamed of just how how many uh, corners we have to cut mm -hmm. or how we make things work. Yeah. But then those are the those are the special moments. Those are the great moments that we get to laugh and share. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what makes Eldritch special, and I think that's what makes indie theater something that people still want to go out to all the way in the east side across the bridge and mm. <laughs> take yeah, yeah, yeah. the streetcar, yeah. right? Instead of the big spectacle shows, right? Mm. Eldritch is still a spectacle, <clears throat> yeah, even on a budget, and I love that for it. It's pretty cool that you can be a spectacle without mervish money dollars, right? Without right? Um, was it hydro lifts or whatever? Those yeah, you don't need you don't you don't need alphabet flying from the yeah, rafters. No, you don't need it. You just. Like and that's yeah. that's all Melanie and Butters. Yeah. Um, they are our uh, space design crew, um, and then and and everybody just leaning into it and selling it. Yeah. Right. The cast yeah. and the director selling it as yeah. a unit, um, and then and then that comes through when I get to do all of the the set stills and the pictures mm -hmm. that I get to share these really wonderful moments um, out on social media, and I think that's where I get a lot of the comments of just like, "What am I seeing? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. is this crazy wonderful puppet?" Right? Did you did you find that people were reacting to the images and be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> a little bit, a yeah. little bit. Um, I I was given some directive. Uh, direction from uh, from the artistic uh, uh, crew that they didn't want so many puppet reveals because yeah, yeah. that was a big part of the show. So sure. I only started to reveal those things a little bit later in the run. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and yeah, that, that we wanted to keep some things as as a spectacle, as yeah. a reveal, mm. and and I can appreciate that mm -hmm. um, because for me transparency is is a huge deal yeah. because I want to let you in. I want you to see the process. So sure. if you look on our Insta stories on Instagram, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. And then even then, I keep some of that behind the scenes stuff for only the cabal. Yeah. So unless you're a cabal member, you haven't seen Eric Wolf dance to the Coitus song in his spacesuit. <laughs> I'm just saying that's worth the price of admission, also right. known as it's free and become a subscriber. <laughs> Well, all right then. Adriana, <laughs> thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks. This has been a Homebody Productions. Production.